Om Ganatimarangasya Yananjana Shalakaya Daksuram Lakamina Smai Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Nobisam Sapitam Yena Bhutale Ayam Rupakadamayam Tadati Sapadantikam Vancha Kalpatarubhyascha Kripa Sindhu Vayevacha Patitanam Bhavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namonama Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadha Sri Vasade Gaurabhaktavrinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Well, I think there are still more people to come. So we'll have a, an introduction and then I'll begin. And what I'll try to do is I'll try to give a kind of a, an objective for the retreat and then kind of discuss what I'm going to be doing or the subject I will to fit within that context. But first, um, I'll start with a question. In your mind, what is your objective of coming here? And then we'll see how it fits in with the objective of the retreat. And we can actually discuss that. But I'm gonna state in the very one word, what is the objective of this retreat? And when I explain that word, I'm gonna to have to explain what that word means because the word I'm using is a translation of a Sanskrit word and the English doesn't exactly translate. When I say it, it'll give you different connotations than what I actually mean unless I explain it. So the objective of the retreat is to give faith. And when we say faith, when we say faith, it's not kind of a sectarian conception. You say faith, it, it, it's, I'm using, I'm using faith in, in the most broad sense. And when you look at the term faith or, or shraddha, I'm looking at it in terms of, I can put faith, faith is a goal, but faith means a spiritual goal. So the objective is to give faith because if you don't have faith, You can't move any place. So you're coming here because you want to move someplace from where you're at now. And it's a bhakti retreat. So the faith is in terms of bhakti. We want to have, have more devotion. So the best definition of faith that... I like, I, I, I like Prabhupada's definition, it's unflinching trust in something sublime. And there's a Christian apologist who's probably the, I don't know, the, the top Christian apologist, Alvin Plantinga. And he defined faith as um, trust by experience. So the purpose of this is faith 
but the purpose of it's what 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 does that mean? It's not just an intellectual conception. It's to give you an experience that becomes your goal. The most unfortunate thing is to have the wrong faith. You know, you turn, you know, 13 years old and you're in America. Your father says, you know, here, have a beer. And it, you get a little high. And then that becomes your faith. But you've got the wrong goal. Real faith, a real goal, has to have three things. Um, it has to be your desire objective. It has to be eternal. Because if your faith or objective is not eternal, it's going to be filled with duality. It's the wrong thing. Well, again, I'm talking about Shraddha. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a spiritual objective. And the goal has to be to achieve it. Not that you just have it, you achieve it, which means that you actually can live in that, that goal. Basically, your, your, your goal is where you feel your happiness lies, where your happiness rests. So when you come to a bhakti retreat, obviously the, the, the objective or the goal is that the happiness lies in this bhakti. But why are you gonna make that your goal unless you have some experience of it? And, 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 and there's a nice verse in the Chaitanya Charitamrita that says, Brahmanda Brahmate Konya Bhagavan Jeev, Guru Krishna Pasadi Pai Bhakti Lata Beach. You're wandering from universe to universe, species of life to species of life, until by the mercy of Guru and Krishna, you get faith. <laughs> you get the Bhakti Lata Beach. You get that. You get the right objective. You know, I spent some time in New York City after becoming a devotee, and you walk around. And you see how sad it is. People don't, either they don't have a goal or they have the wrong goal. And you can have really ridiculous goals. Ridiculous in the sense that they don't really give you happiness. The very objectives you have are the things that make you miserable. So this is our faith. But it's not just an intellectual thing, it's an experience. And generally people are here because they've had that experience. So it's bhakti. It's an experience of bhakti. And that's really the purpose. But within that experience <laughs> is also an understanding because you don't have the proper understanding you won't be able to sustain any particular experience. So it's both. It, it, it's, I, I described as many reasons for retreat. This is really experiential, but there'll also be educational aspects in it to give you that experience. Of what bhakti? And what is bhakti? And I'm gonna, it, it, you know, it's, I always struggle with this. How, how in a very, very practical way to explain to people, like what is bhakti? And I had an epiphany, and I've explained this many times to people. I had an epiphany. I think the top of my head's cut off here. <laughs> so maybe for your friends there. Maybe, yeah, a little bit back, okay. I'm a communicator, so I'm aware of my, my audience. So I, I, the, the, um, the, the experience that I had that, that kind of, I, I 
because I was giving many classes in yoga studios and then trying to figure out how to explain this bhakti in a way that people can, it, it's, it's easily comprehensible. comprehensible. And I, I told that story when, when in Vrindavan and being with my friend Sridhar Mali and, and then talking with him and I'm out, he's a gardener, Amali, he's a gardener. And I'm with my friends, I'm with, I'm with him. And then his grandson comes and whispers something in his ear and he runs off. And I said, what happened? And I follow him and then I see a calf that's born. And then I see the calf. I couldn't believe how big it was. It blew my mind actually. And it was, it was on spread eagle. And then the calf came, came up and immediately went for the mother for the milk. And then there was this intense relationship that was going on. So I said that this is, this, is, this is really what bhakti is. Bhakti is our relationship with God and the energy of that feeling. And that's the goal of life. And even in English, we, I can say it in Sanskrit and I can say it in English. In English, I can say love makes the world go round. It's the basic principle. Everyone here is looking for happiness and happiness is love. If that's the guiding principle here, why should it not exist in the absolute reality? And in Sanskrit, it says rasa by saha. He is that experience. And we're supposed to participate in that experience. So we have to have, a, we have, to have some kind of feeling experience of that so that that becomes our objective to perfect it and, and that's what the purpose of of a retreat is and there's another analogy that i think that's essential to actually understand how bhakti works and i use the analogy of a magnifying glass on a piece of paper and if you put the the sun shining on that piece of paper, it doesn't burn immediately. It takes some concentration. So at the same sense, to invoke that experience in relationship with God, which we consider the greatest value, the maturity of that experience and relationship to God, that connection, that energy, there has to be some focus. And then, then it happens. And, and that's what the practice of bhakti is. The practice of bhakti is how do you get bhakti? Bhakti sanjayate, bhakti from bhakti comes bhakti. But how do you get that bhakti? You have to focus on the object of devotion. And then those feelings arise. So that's our practice. And I describe when I put retreats in context, you do it, you do it every day. It's called the sadhana or a practice. You have a time and place for God and you focus on God. That's why you have to give a little concentration and effort. One of my students wrote to me, you know, the meditation he's doing to get absorbed, to get some experience of japa. But I was also thinking when I read it, because he seems to be a serious sadhaka, that by doing it, I experienced that this morning. I take advantage of, of jet lag. So I was up early and it was great. And I was sitting and chanting and I just seeing how the focus, how the experience increases with the concentration. And in fact, you concentrate over a period of time without interruption and in the right understanding or mood. And then something happens. 
and, and, and you have these times of the day, but retreats are so important, especially in the modern world. Because, because to get that exclusivity of focus, to get that experience, it's great to get away and have a, not just a, a time of the day, you know, it, it, it traditional Indian meditation, you have an asana, you have a house, you have a, a, a place of worship in that house that's exclusive, exclusivity. Yeah, just look at all the challenges we have. Everything is challenging us. Therefore, in the Bhagavatam, it says... We, it, it's very difficult in this age. It's very distracting. It pro, and Prabhupada said something in the purport that's really powerful. He said the modern age is surcharged with opposition to spiritual life. Every advertisement is telling us the not only telling us, but giving us the some scars and the impressions in us. Everything is giving us the, 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 the some scars or impressions in us that not to focus on God, to focus on ourselves as the center, rather God as God is the center. It's promoting this false happiness. Put yourself in the center. <clears throat> get more power, the exact opposite of the Bhagavatam. Get more power, get more money, get more beauty, get more, you know, knowledge to control, you know, feel a new aristocracy for some label, get yourself higher status, you know, and you'll get that power to control the world and not to serve. How many are promoting service? to control the world and inform it all to your desires and you being in the center and you'll be happy. And that's exactly the place where happiness doesn't flow because happiness doesn't flow from on the platform of ego where you situate yourself in the center. In fact, if you look at, if, if you look at where we're situated now, how does it happen? Let's just go back to our last life and then look at our future life. Go back to our last life. We did so many things and we cultivated a particular consciousness. God sees that. I don't think it's Krishna blowing his flute. He has to look at our thing, but he has a way of knowing everything. He's Sarva, yeah, he's, he's all knowing and he's Mugdata, he's forgetful of that too. But somehow he knows and he looks at our mind and it's so inconceivable. How can you not believe in God? He looks at our mind, looks at our, our whole past and decides what body you need in this life to purify yourself and move forward in, in, in selflessness. What kind of experiences do you need? What kind of suffering do you need? What kind of happiness do you need? What kind of ignorance do you have to experience to know how bad it is? And then what does God do? There's an element called false ego. And what false ego does, it delimits the consciousness to identify with a particular body. It can go like this. You're an elephant. <laughs> You're an ant. New York, all right. <laughs> and then that's what we're dealing with. We have to work through that. And then somehow or other, we come to a path, probably in a past life, we had some taste of it. We come to a path where it tells you, no, there's another happiness. It doesn't exist on the platform of false ego. It doesn't exist on the platform of false ego. It exists on the platform of the soul. And now here's the Shastra that's going to, you're doing that Gajendra Moksha being situated properly, part of the philosophy, okay? 
here's where you're at. The Shastra says, okay, this is your false ego. These are your identifications, right? This, this is how you have to use them and engage them and satisfy them for the higher endeavor of spiritual life. This is the spiritual path you need to focus on once you become peaceful. And, and, and there's a whole process. There's a whole process of, um, and then somehow or other, and it's really somehow or other, um, the whole, the whole, um, the whole was the host for Pacho to the Jivadre Vartan. How wonderful you've come to a platform of bhakti and devotion. And I mean, I can go on and on in this, but the path that 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 we're on says that the most powerful way to have that focus and that experience of faith in the right goal, which is not the false ego, which is a spiritual goal, which is a happiness that's beyond the two material pleasures, which are sensual and egotistical, the things that we dedicate our lives to. This supra-sensuous, this spiritual goal, that the best way to get it the best way to find God and feel that energy of happiness that becomes the goal. And I, I always quote Aristotle says, happiness is the goal. It's never a means for anything else. And if someone says, no, this is the goal, Aristotle says, no, that's the means to happiness. To get that, that goal, that happiness, we focus on the holy name. Paramaje. And if you can do that without offense, okay, it's easier said than done. How to do that, how to become concentrated, how to come focused. So I think in one sense, that's the objective of these retreats, to get the experience and the there's two things that give you faith, your experience and your understanding. And that's why we're here, that's why I'm here. I got an experience and I got an understanding. So in our retreats, we'll get an experience and we'll get an understanding. And what's not nice about retreats, I, 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 it's been a real retreat year for me. I had more, I had one in Puri, then we went to Vrindavan, then we went to Govardhan, and then here, and then upstate New York um, in July, and maybe another one in September. I can't, it's not confirmed. I mentioned it to Shaiv Sundri. <laughs> maybe during Janmashtami and, and uh, Vyas Puja. And seeing what happens when you create a program where people are absorbed in God. In, in our movement, I mean, it's really what I mean, it's really amazing that we can do this austerity called Harinam Sankirtan. Where you can you can fill a meditation with rag and tal, with with rhythm and melody, that that has this way of increasing emotion. Our whole thing is this: our goal, piyogena, our goal, based on an understanding. If you don't have an understanding, you're not going to go towards the right goal. Certainly not going to have a spiritual goal. If you have the wrong understanding, you'll think that Krishna is material or you'll think that you're Krishna. But our goal is this feeling. 
Our goal is to be aware of reality and feel reality. And, and to experience reality. So I think what happens at this retreat is a combination of just balanced activities of chanting and hearing and even going out in nature and, and being with devotees and taking prasadam and having kirtan and having classes. You become absorbed and then you actually realize it, that this kind of focus will invoke that feeling that connection with God. And you realize that this is actually the goal because the goal is happiness. And that's actual happiness. And you feel it. Now, what I wanna do in, in my particular class, um, What I want to do in my class, um, tell one story of, of Chaitanya, maybe one of Krishna, if I have time. And, and especially in terms of Chaitanya, what I want to demonstrate is that his Leela was showing how to get the gold. He was showing us how to get the gold. And I want to tell one of the stories in relationship to this thing of, of, of what is bhakti and how it, how it, because here's a very interesting story because he shows what the perfection is. A practice needs a goal. So you have to see the goal. It's really interesting. In the very beginning of the Hare Krishna movement, Prabhupada gave the Krishna book, which is the 10th canto. And uh, I think it was really important because he had to give the goal. And, and you read about it, this is the goal. The goal is love and love comes in relationship. So the goal is to perfect the relationship, to perfect the relationship with God and feel that relationship. So the story of Chaitanya is such a great story. And I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna summarize this Ramananda Sambhad because whenever I give these seminars, what I do is I just pick the story I've been lecturing on before. <laughs> But it just it's an, it it's easier to actually summarize something. There's a, a famous author named Pasquale, and uh, he he wrote a letter and he said, "I'm sorry, the letter is so long, I didn't have time to write it." So it's the same thing: is when you're giving a summary of something and you want to make it succinct and fit it in at, at a shorter period of time, it's kind of better that you spend a lot of time with it. So I'll tell this story of Ramananda Samvad and maybe Uddhava visit Vrindavan because in both of these stories, I think of all the stories in the Bhagavatam, these are the two stories that exemplify the goal at the highest level. What is this? Because the deeper the absorption, the deeper the feelings of love. And love is felt in two ways. This energy of love, that's our goal. Prema Pumartha Mahat. It's the greatest goal. This energy of love it's felt from two ways, from the perspective of the lover, loving God, and, and it's, it, it, it's from the perspective of giving and feeling love. And that's the goal, the experience of love with God, both loving God and feeling God's love. 
And those things increase in that type of absorption. So both these stories, the story of Ramananda Sambhad, where uh, Lord Chaitanya in his quest to, to experience the love of Radharani meets one great soul and asks him the question to ascertain what is the topmost verse in the Shastra? What is the, the, the top verse the ultimate, that, that expresses the ultimate truth? And there's a discussion that leads to this prema vivarta vilas, this form of the topmost love, a verse that just expresses it. The, the highest existential love between Radha and Krishna. And the other story is Uddhava visiting Vrindavan and Uddhava giving a message to the gopis and then coming to this one place and seeing what is the level of Sri Radha's love and separation from Krishna. And that's what God wants to experience, his highest love. So the story of Lord Chaitanya is is God described in the Chaitanya Charitamrita that God's the supreme enjoyer and he's enjoying love. And the topmost love is Srimati Radharani. She has the full capacity to give Krishna pleasure because she is the Purna Shakti. She's the full energy of love. She's the full Shakti. Shakti comes from a source to please its source. So the essence of all Shakti, there's no reason for energy but to serve. You have energies to, to, to utilize for pleasure. So God's energies are for his pleasure, but what's his ultimate pleasure? His ultimate pleasure is love. So she has the full capacity but she has three experiences that technically God doesn't have unless he's also his own energy rod. And he is, because God is the Shakti, he's the energy and he's the possessor of energy. But what are those three experiences? Well, she gets to experience Krishna. Um, and she gets to experience the pleasure of Krishna. Krishna is so beautiful. He's all attractive. What is that experience? What is the experience of actually seeing God? Whose beauty is his heart to give you pleasure. <laughs> so what is that experience of God? And what is that experience of love for God? This is at the platform of God. And if you believe in God, God can do anything and it's unlimited. So what is God's love? If God wants to enjoy love, what is the, what is the level of that love? So he wants to experience the topmost love. He wants to experience himself. And he wants to experience what it feels, what his love feels like. The happiness that one feels when you get God's love. So that's Chaitanya. So, so God comes to, to get that love. And where, where do you get that love? Love is in the heart of the devotee. So we see the story of Chaitanya. He doesn't have that love until he meets his guru. And then he, he, he commitment changes consciousness and that love begins to well in his heart. And then that becomes his goal. After he had that experience, that became his goal. I want that. I want that love. And in pursuance of that goal, at the age of 24, he leave, leaves home 
So the first 20, he's four, he had lives 48 years. The first 24 years of his life is called the Adi Lila. At the end of the Adi Lila, he meets his guru. He, he, he commits himself. His consciousness becomes changed. How does commitment change contact? This is why humility is so important. This is why you, 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 that, that, that false ego that covers the soul, you can't experience love without humility. So he opens his heart. He commits himself. I want the truth. And that truth comes and he experiences that truth. And then at the age of 24, he leaves home and he's traveling for six years. That's called the Madhya So we're now in the Madhya In the last 18 years of his life, he settles in Jagannath Puri. That's called the Antya And the Antya he focuses on that mission. But it's, it's, so that's his mission. He has an internal... He has a, uh, there's an internal reason for his appearance, Lord Chaitanya, and an external reason. The internal reason is, the external reason is, why does he come for others? The internal reason is, why does he come for himself? He comes for others to distribute that love. He comes for himself to taste that love. Tasting and distributing. So, now we'll just follow the story. He's traveling in South India, Lord Chaitanya, and he has this consciousness. He's always focused on God because he's always chanting God's names and he's feeling that energy very intensely. And when you feel love, the main, the main symptom of love is kirtan. When you love, the main symptom of love is the expression of love. And you can see that even in teenage love. There has to be so many songs. They're all about love. You have to have songs. You have to express that love. Kirtan is when the baba in the heart, the feeling in the heart is expressed through the discipline of music. So it's so you, you, kirtan is the essence of the Bhagavatam. The spiritual world, people are singing. You sing to get God, and when you when you have that love, you it's you sing as an expression of that love. So he's traveling, and and, and he he's on that platform. You're in contact with the super soul. Because when the senses are controlled, and you can control the senses in two ways, one, by their denial, or two, by their absorption in God, either way, the, the, the mind is controlled, the material mind is controlled. And when the material mind is controlled, then you can hear God in the heart, and then God directs you. So he doesn't even really have a plan. He's just moving and he's chanting and he's seeing deities. And I can, you can imagine, I can imagine when I first came to Vrindavan, the water was crystal clear in the Jamuna. It was flowing. We would, you could dive off the cliffs. You can imagine what it was like living in India in those times. Sadhu is just walking from village to village. I think that one of the most blissful experiences I had in Prabhupada's centennial, which was over 125, uh, over 25 years ago, there was a walking festival around India called Padayatra, and I used to join it anytime I had a chance. And you would walk from village to village. And when you walk out of those villages in the morning, there was this one pure devotee who would sing. He was a famous devotee in Mayapur. I think his name was Radha Duty. He was famous in the floods. The water was up to his waist and he was still cooking. And he would chant this melody. You would just leave a village out into the 
the fields of India and he would sing Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And he would chant that for a while. And it seemed like he could chant forever. It just had that non-passionate, I'm walking, I'm in the eternal now of the holy name. I could chant forever. And then he would go higher. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And we just chant, it's so blissful. And then you get sugar cane from the fields and you just chew into it. And then you go to the next village and you take bath in the well and the water comes warm from the ground and it was the winter. So you can imagine Lord Chaitanya, the experience of God's creation and feeling it and seeing God everywhere and just chanting the, and, and we'll see what happens. He, he comes to this river Godavari and he sees the river and immediately thinks of, of, of the Jamuna in Vrindavan. And he sees the forest. And he thinks of the, 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 the forest of Vrindavan. And everything is invoking within his heart. Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. And that energy of love just keeps on pouring from his heart. And what does he do? He expresses it. He immediately goes to the forest and he starts to chant and dance. And every time he sees a deity, he offers prayers and he chants and it says various dances he does. Various dances. So you can imagine the dancing of Lord Chaitanya. I'm not even gonna try to imitate it, but the dancing of Lord Chaitanya and he's dancing and he's in ecstasy and he sees this Gandhavari river. And then somehow it's up to his waist and there's a better bathing spot on the other side. So he waves on the other side and then he goes in that water. That, that immune water, this liquid love, it just purifies the consciousness so much and he's feeling, and then he, 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 he bathes quickly and then he goes off to the forest and he's dancing and chanting even more. Kirtaniya Sadahari, I once visited one of Prabhupada's God brothers, Bhakti Bhai Bhav Purimaj, about 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning. And he was a favorite of Prabhupada in one sense because he was a preacher and, and he was quite a spontaneous. And he just finished his morning program. And when I walked in, he looked at me and enthusiastically he said, Kirtaniya Sadahari, Kirtaniya Sadahari, always chant, always chant because it's out of love. The thing that you can do always is love. Every other activity except love has an objective. And therefore, the activity is not pleasurable. The objective is pleasurable. Only love and only pure love, existential love, real love of God, which is reflected in your love of others, is the only activity you can do always. Because there's no objective to it. As soon as they're objective, as soon as you want to get something from it, it's not love. That's why the Bhagavad Gita says, Sasukam Kartam Avyayam. It's joyfully performed. And you, you don't want to stop. And you can't stop. There's nothing that can stop pleasure if you're happy. And that's the pleasure increases because it's dynamic. It's God's energy. So he's swimming in an ocean of love. And it's increasing in every moment. And that's the goal. And he's showing us the goal but yet he hasn't achieved it fully because he can go deeper and deeper and deeper and it's God's objective to get the highest thing. So he still wants more. And when you want more, you try to find people who have it. That's our philosophy and you serve them. So what happens is he's sitting there 
And then this procession comes. And India has a lot of protocol. So it's a magistrate. Even today, you can't imagine in India. But, you know, I, I saw a thing, uh, the New York City police chief, no one could care less. And some guy walks or some lady walks or some guy. You know, it's like, you have a police chief in India, they live like a king. I once met this inspector of police of a whole state of India. And, he, and, and somehow or other, the whole story, he sent this car for me to take me for one day to his place. And he had like a semi-little palace. And there's a, there's a hundred policemen sitting around doing nothing, just waiting for him to say something. He had like so much, it's so much power. So, they, so it comes, they had class. Not only comes to bay, he has a little band coming with him, with drums coming. And then there's Brahmins chanting Vedic mantras. And then he bays, and then Lord Chaitanya sees that this is Ramananda Roy. And Ramananda Roy was this person that was recommended to him by Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, this great scholar who was so learned that even when he was an impersonalist, he can identify Prema Bhakti and Lord Chaitanya just by the Shastra. When Lord Chaitanya fainted in the Jagannath Mandir, he took, out, he took out one thread, one thread of cotton and put it by his nose. Because you think the person is dead, but the prana can be determined by one thread of cotton. And um, and he said, if you want what you are looking for, if you want this love of Srimati Radharani at the highest level, if you want to know the tattva or that subject, if you want to know the process, I know no other person in the world who is adept, learned, and experienced as Ramananda Roy. And then he sees Ramananda Roy. But it's not just an external figure, because the associates of Krishna take birth in, in, in Chaitanya Lila. So it's also his closest friend, Lalita. And what is the love? of Srimati Radharani, and that's Lord Chaitanya's mood. Because Lord, Lord Chaitanya is Krishna who took the form, the, the mood and color of Srimati Radharani so that Krishna could taste his own ecstasies. Radharani is tasting the ecstasy of God. He wants to taste the ecstasy of God. So he takes the mood of Radharani to taste himself. It's very esoteric. But he's in that mood because he's in that mood. He sees this is Lalita and he wants to move there, but there's a problem. He's a sannyasi and sannyasis do not associate with government materialistic people. So his mind starts to run there, but he stays. And then Ramananda Roy sees him. And Ramananda Roy comes over. And what's his experience? Lodzito Bujo. He has very long arms. That's a symptom of a very auspicious person. And lotus eyes and he's effulgent. And he's beautiful. Anastasia, you were talking yesterday that this one devotee that some of these you visited in Chicago where you enjoy Krishna consciousness, Subal. Then you were talking with 
Gail, because we all had so much affection for Saval. And you were ex explaining, just seeing his, his ecstasy, explaining worshiping the devotee, a joy of kirtan becomes so attractive because you see within a devotee, the love is manifest, it, the, the face is the index of the mind. So if you see love personified, how beautiful that is, how attractive that is, it's just, it's not, it's just not like Bollywood, Hollywood, and I heard there's going to be a Hollywood soon too, but that's a whole story. A Bollywood, a Hollywood, that type of beauty. No. It, it's that beauty, but manifest out of love. And Ramananda Roy, and, 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 and this is Krishna, and he just, and he comes over and he pays his dandavats to be continued tomorrow. <laughs> Um, we just, it takes time to warm up and start. But I should explain, one thing I want to do in this class is experience rasa. And the way you experience rasa is through the holy name. But to get some bundle with the holy name, you sing the songs of the person who, who um, whose name you're chanting about and you hear the stories of the person whose name you're chanting about. That creates the connection and the sambandha creates the absorption and the absorption creates the ecstasy. So in the class, I start with the bhajan, we tell stories. We start a little bit later today, but generally we wanna end also with just kirtan. And then Gail, after, breakfast you find me and you can any questions you want i challenge you okay I, I, it's just the first day and it started a little late so i just want to so jai you want to sit here and do the kirtan you so you people want to hear the kirtan you help asik with yeah help, yeah we'll just have kirtan now and then jai, 15 20 minutes explain. Yeah. Yeah, 20 minutes easy. Okay. Shilaprabhupada Ki Jai.